Our final reading today comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, beginning with verse 36. Now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, is the book that, perhaps more than any other in Scripture, is about us. It's about people who are doing their best to follow Jesus, to remember what he taught them, to share the good news of the gospel with their words and with their lives, to be the church. Scholar Willie Jennings puts it this way, it's people repeating Jesus. Now it can be hard to repeat Jesus in a world that is ever-changing, especially when we face circumstances and situations that Jesus himself never encountered. It can be hard, but it's not impossible. And Acts reminds us of this. Now I admit to you that when I first thought through this sermon and titled it nearly a year ago, I was thinking mainly about Peter, about, his, about how his job description changes dramatically. For years, he watches as Jesus heals people and raises people, snatching them back from death's dark grip. Now he is expected to repeat Jesus. And by all accounts, he's doing a good job of it. Right before our scripture reading picked up today, Peter heals a man named Aeneas, a man bedridden for eight years because of his paralysis. Jesus Christ heals you, Peter says, so get up and make your bed. The paralyzed man does exactly as he is told. And in this story, Peter tells Tabitha to get up, and the deceased woman does exactly as she is told. In terms of repeating Jesus, Peter is doing well. But I've come to realize that while the story is ostensibly about Peter, it's really about Tabitha. This past week, I was in Austin with my preaching group. It's a group of pastors and homileticians from all over the country. Once a year, we gather for a week of intense study. We each present papers on scripture passages from the lectionary. We discuss best practices for ministry. Over the years, we have developed deep friendship as well. Our annual gathering is always a formative and life-giving time for me, and I am grateful to you for your commitment to your pastor's continuing education. I admit, though, that this year I was traveling with a heavy heart. As some of you know, Riley, my sweet dog of nearly 16 years, had died just a few days earlier. 
As I checked into my room the first night, waiting inside for me was a bright bouquet of flowers, a whole lot of chocolate, and a, so and a card signed by my preacher friends. We love you, it said, and your grief is welcome here. It was an act of compassion and kindness. It didn't change or fix anything, but it was significant and faithful because it assured me, you are not alone. It was an act that Tabitha would have recognized. Tabitha, a disciple in Joppa, whose name in Greek is Dorcas, who was devoted to good works and acts of charity. She only appears this once in scripture, but we can learn a great deal from her. First of all, she is called a disciple, the only woman in the entire New Testament to be so designated. If anyone ever suggests to you that women ought not hold leadership roles in the church because it's not biblical, invite them to read Acts 9. Tell them about Tabitha. Mary and Martha, Mary Magdalene, Salome, all faithful women throughout the Gospels, but not one of them is described with this distinction. Tabitha alone is a disciple. Second, we are given both of her names. Tabitha, her name in Aramaic, is the way she would have been known in her own faith community. Dorcas, her name in Greek, is the way she would have been known to the Gentiles. Now remember, Jews and Gentiles had a long history of animosity. It was, in so many ways, the defining debate of the early church. That's why Paul, when calling the church to unity, writes that in Christ there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. That well-known declaration, though, while it is a statement of hope, is also a statement that reveals the divisions that are still very much alive and well. Jews and Gentiles did not share religion. They did not share language or meals or traditions or even friendship. The division was sharp and clear, obvious to everyone. Everyone, it seems, except for the female disciple, the one known by both her Aramaic and her Greek names. Names keep coming up for us this Easter season, don't they? The fact that she is recorded as both Tabitha and Dorcas suggests to me that she was known and beloved by Jews and Gentiles alike. To be called by name is to belong, remember? Tabitha or Dorcas? Will Willimon of Duke University, he tells us that both of these names mean gazelle a creature referred to numerous times in scripture, known for being, and this definition comes from a biblical dictionary, known for being a marvel of lightness and grace, able to move with swiftness and ease over the roughest terrain. This female disciple, a marvel of swiftness and grace, moves back and forth over moves back and forth between communities over the deepest of divisions. She is a link, a bridge beloved by two communities who otherwise share nothing in common. And I think she manages to do that, to be that way because of the final thing we are told about her. 
She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. Kindness and compassion cannot be overrated. Tabitha mattered to people. They needed her, so much so that when she died, people sent for Peter. Have him come quickly, they said, and when he arrived, he encountered a dead woman, but he also encountered all sorts of widows, showing him the coats and blankets and garments, all given to them by Dorcas. And yes, I'm switching between her two names because that's exactly what the scripture does. Her care transcends anything else about her or about those to whom she ministered. Widows, by definition, are poor. On the bottom rung of society, without anyone to represent them or protect them, to these the faithful gazelle bridges the gaps so many others could not or would not. And when she dies, that life-giving work, it dies with her. Her good works and acts of charity die with her. That's why Peter had to come, because kindness and compassion are essential. We cannot live without them. In a polarized world back then and still today, kindness and compassion have always been able to wield an amazing amount of power. And if it sounds too small or too simple or too idealistic to say that caring for one another can make a real difference, consider these words from a scholar of this story. To be a person of faith never requires us to leave our minds at the door, but we do need to be willing to accept, or at least consider, the idea that God is still working in the world, in the lives of ordinary people and in human society, to restore this broken world by any means possible, no matter how big or how small. Tabitha doesn't perform a single miracle herself. But her way of living makes way for miracles to happen, nevertheless. Just over two weeks ago, there was a shooting in a synagogue, and the shooter is a Presbyterian. Now, he is an Orthodox Presbyterian, part of the tradition that split off from our denomination in the 1930s. But he shares our name, and when he entered that synagogue, he believed he was acting out what his faith taught him to do. Now let's be very clear. There is nothing faithful and nothing Christian in what he did. Our Christian faith is supposed to overcome barriers and bridge divides and create community where none has been before. I have no new words to offer you in response to this. In just over a year with you, I have stood in this pulpit in the wake of hate-filled violence far too many times. I have no new words to offer, and it doesn't really matter because words are no longer enough. So I wonder if we might take our cue from Tabitha, from Dorcas, from the gazelle who brings together divided, fractured communities with simple acts of kindness and compassion. That is why your session recently voted to extend hospitality to the East Side Synagogue when they found themselves without an adequate location for their high holy days this coming fall. We will open our doors and we will welcome them here. 
And that is why, in the wake of the shooting at a mosque in New Zealand, we sent letters of prayer and support to the mosques and Islamic centers throughout Manhattan. And that is why, shortly after Easter, I received a letter back from the Majid congregation thanking us for reaching out and expressing lament over the Easter bombing of Christian churches in Sri Lanka. And they said, it is terribly sad to witness how much misunderstanding and hatred is in the world nowadays. Therefore, as leaders of our congregations, we must work together in educating ourselves and our neighbors. We need to stand together against such heinous acts of violence. I can't predict where this will go, but it is my fervent hope that this is just the beginning of partnerships and friendships that might make a difference. Demonstrations of kindness and compassion, good works and acts of charity. They may not be miracles in and of themselves, but I believe it's entirely possible that such Christ-like behavior, such Tabitha-like behavior, just might make room for miracles to happen. In the words of the poet, I want to be famous in the way a pulley is famous, or a buttonhole, not because it did anything spectacular, but because it never forgot what it could do. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.